want to know if I had Charlotte one? Yeah. Okay. Hang on. losing an $80 windshield. <laughs> Funny, huh? Yeah. You got the $80? Twice times. Let's get six of them. <laughs> You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You have been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on site. look mortified watching us bump our heads to our theme song it's, uh, it's great <laughs> i love it <laughs> uh welcome back it is they must be destroyed on site episode 283 and i'm your host lee stop trying to get me to make joyful noises russell <laughs> do you uh, make joyful noises <laughs> what you sh- i said you do shut- you make joyful <laughs> you shush up you know better than that. Um, and, I, and I am joined by uh, my co-host. You just heard her making fun of me. Lee, if you try another stunt like that, I'm going to braid your tits hardy. How you doing, ma'am? I heard that quote, and I just tried to picture it in my mind. <laughs> it was quite the thing. Like, you would have to have some pretty saggy big titties to be able to braid, and you would have to have a third one, because after that would just be a t- twist. Oh, you, just be uh, you, you thought too much about this. <laughs> I didn't. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the technical aspects of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, I could have gone for the uh, break all the bones in your crotch quote, but I felt like that was a little <laughs> bit on the pale. But uh... just it's my welcome back. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm fantastic. <laughs> okay. That, that's excellent to hear. And uh, we're joined by a special guest uh, tonight. You may know him from uh, such other podcasts as the Grind Bin and the Mustachio Podcastio. And I think you've been on the Bloody Bits once or twice, have you not, as well? I have indeed, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robbie, all I care about is what you've got under your hood, Robertson. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I am fantastically. Thanks for having me on. Ah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And, you know, under better circumstances than, you know, being evacuated from your home like last week. Where, yeah, we were going to yeah. do that. And there was a nearby chemical plant that caught on fire. And so I ended up having to evacuate right before we were set to record. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Happy to yeah. see you're okay. <laughs> yeah, everything turned out fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like I was telling, yeah, like I was telling Robbie off off the mic, uh, you know, you and I, Lee, are very well accustomed to uh, schedule fuck ups and changes, oh, yeah. and yeah, so. <laughs> 
we just roll with the punches on this podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, very glad to have you, Robbie. Uh, so uh, thanks for coming. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and, and talk about this movie. So Yeah. Uh, and, of course, if you have not read the title, you just went blindly into this. We're doing Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry from 1974. Uh, but before we get into that, Robbie is a new guest on this Ooh, show. So yes. he, he gets to play the movie God Game. Are you a That used to go a lot longer. There was like a chorus going for like a good minute almost. Um, but Robbie, you told me you're you're familiar with the movie God game. Yes, I've listened to it. I think I understand how it works. Okay, but uh, for the people listening at home, if this is the first time they heard this, basically, I'm going to make Robbie the movie God. So he has to make a hard choice here. I'm going to give him either, you know, actors, movies. Uh, soundtracks, something like that. Two of those, and he's got to pick one of them. One of them does not exist. It's a race from the timeline. Um, never happened. And he's got to consider this, the uh, consequences of that. So considering we're doing a chase movie from the 1970s, and although I don't know Robbie too well, I do know he does like movies from this era and is familiar with them. So, I'm pretty sure he's seen both these movies. Um, Robbie, you are the movie god, and you have to choose between these two movies. One of them does not exist, and these are both important movies in this sort of genre for the 1970s. So you either have to pick Smokey and the Bandit or Vanishing Point. Oh, wow. That's... uh... That's a pretty tough decision. Um, oh, you finally jumped on someone. <laughs> I will say that I'm going to uh, I'm going to get rid of Vanishing Point. Okay. And I will. And look, I that is that is my mother's milk. Uh, these sort of <laughs> nihilistic uh, '70s car chase movies. I grew up on them, mm-hmm. but I may be the world's biggest Smokey and the Bandit fan. Oh man. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, I know that movie on an intimate and inside out kind of level, um, been to a lot of the film sites. And so, mm-hmm. and as much as I love Vanishing Point, um, it's going to have to go. And Lee, geez, I fucked up. I, I picked, I picked one that could not be beaten. Um, yeah. I, I, I should have said like Vanishing Point and if you said too late blacktop. That, uh, that, well, that was on my consideration, but yeah. uh, I should have went with that. Yeah, actually, that makes I, I fucked up again. I keep failing at this. You <laughs> they just succeeded keep, once. I'm a happy yeah. god right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Uh, no, but, but that no uh, great choice though. You know, Smokey the Bandit. You, you can't you can't uh, go against that film. That's. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, and I, I, I think I do know that. Yeah, you, what a mega fan you are of that, and I should have took that into better consideration. But yeah, I, I've actually, <laughs> I actually bought the you know one of the Trans Ams before. So Jesus, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, all right. No, no, well done. Well done. I, yeah. I fuck. This, this is this is the running joke now, and this is just like I give people choices. Like, oh, this. But I do love Vanishing Point a lot, just mm-hmm. not that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you know, so He's Vanishing Point. At uh, stumping people when it comes to this, because he's uh, like, "I got this, I got this, I got something where someone's gonna have a really hard time," and only once has he had. I don't. I don't think I've ever boasted on on air that oh, I've got this. I think I think you're you're you know misconstruing this a little bit. Well, go listen to all the the podcasts and prove me wrong. You you made the assertion. You need to back it up with facts. I I am okay. No, that that's that's perfectly that's perfectly good. Um, I'm trying to think of like what actually would not be with vanishing point. Like maybe maybe death proof wouldn't happen. Uh, but although you could you can kind of argue death proof would still happen because there's like a stunt from the film we're doing tonight that's like directly taken from death proof. So uh, right, maybe. But um, yeah, Smoking the Bandit's definitely, and and you wouldn't have had the terrible made-for-TV remake of Vanishing Point with uh, Jason Priestley. That was a thing. That was a thing. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even need to see that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, we can we can move on uh, to what we've watched in the last little while. Uh, so I will throw over to our guest, Robbie. Uh, what have you watched lately? I went back and watched uh, a movie that I haven't seen in some time called The Independent. It's from the year 2000, mm-hmm. and it stars Jerry Stiller. It's a comedy, and he is essentially playing uh, Roger Corman, and it's it's a love letter to exploitation movies from the 60s and 70s. Nice. Uh, really, it, it, and it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just little clips of you know, and, and tons tons of famous people like Ron Howard have cameos in it, and um, it, it's just a lot of fun. Cool. If you like those kind of movies, yeah, yeah. Is uh, is Ben Stiller in it as well? At any he point? he does have a role, yeah. uh, in it, and they're and it's it's funny because they're talking in one scene. Jerry Stiller's talking about how producers. Uh, you know, have made him alter his movies, and so he had a script for a movie that was apparently very free willy esque, where um, you know it's supposed to be about a whale, whale, but it gets rewritten, and now the main character is a cop instead of a whale, and so <laughs> Ben Stiller plays that role. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, Lady Lee, anything you've watched lately you want to talk about? Uh, I watched. So I've been um, very busy. I was very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get to watch too much, but I did end up having a feel good movie night. So I watched the heat with uh, Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It is just my, when I'm in a shitty mood, that is the movie that I put on. Cause I think it's so ridiculous and so much fun and I absolutely love it. And it's, uh, it's all about the girl power. So I love it even more. <laughs> what, what, what is, what is, what is the plot of the heat? I, I, I know the title. I know the name of it, but, um, so Sandra Bullock is an FBI agent and she wants to get promoted. Okay. Uh, then there's a case in Boston, uh, like this drug case that's going on. And she runs into Melissa McCarthy while she's trying to figure out this case. And they end up butting heads pretty bad. Um, and then they end up being like the best of friends. Mm-hmm. I'm totally skipping like mass amounts of parts. But anyways, yeah, that's 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 the through most of it without giving the actual thing away. Okay. <laughs> right. 
I probably give more, but I'm terrible at like giving <laughs> plot lines. I just gotta go on and on and on. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. All right, cool. Um, the one thing I'll mention, and this is a movie that uh, we learned before we start recording that uh, <laughs> Robbie hates. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Pumpkinhead because uh, you know. I hadn't seen it in quite a few years, and it popped. Is that because up on- I was starting to watch it? No, no, uh, it popped up on Shutter. Oh, and, okay. And you mentioned you were watching it, and remember, I told you I watched it a couple days before you had. I know you said you it. watched it, but I didn't remember right. you saying a couple days beforehand. Oh well, but that's it, because my my memory's shot. <laughs> and I really have nothing against the movie. I just I have a giant head and was called uh-huh. pump, and was called pumpkin head. So it's like I don't need to see this on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, although you know, if if you want to get really weird, like really deep into it, like I think it's the I think it's the 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 second sequel to it, where it, like it it like actually goes into bullying as part of like the uh the storyline ah. <laughs> and like the like the character who gets bullied becomes like the pumpkin head or whatever well maybe um, i could be redeemed <laughs> maybe, maybe but uh yeah no I, I watched it and like i i think it holds up you know uh stan winston directed it and it's got great effects and it's just like an old-fashioned monster movie but it's got like um like slasher movie aesthetics to it a little bit right? right and i i just remember like the first time i saw it on vhs back in the like i owned it on vhs back in the day i just thought it was like so cool to see like this super tall demon thing and then the way they shot it made you believe that it was like yeah it was like scaling up into the trees and like grabbing these people and like pulling them up into the trees and shit and, and you have like the great lance hendrickson performance and yeah yeah and it has even got like fucking buck flowers in it as like a hillbilly. And you know, what the what like the one movie I remember him in not playing a drunk, he's just playing right. a hillbilly, you know. Right? It was like, okay, yeah, no, uh, I like it. Pumpkinhead, you might have heard of it. It's, it's Pumpkinhead, you know, yes. I think I watched the first 20 minutes. <laughs> what did you think of the first 20 minutes before you were you engaged or did you? I, I that's I'm pretty sure that's the reason why I stopped watching because I was pretty sidetracked. Yeah. So I was like, I need a focus day. I need to be able to focus <laughs> when watching this movie. So that's my problem. Anytime I watch new movies, I have a really hard time focusing. On them. Sounds like we're just gonna have to watch it together, and I'll I'll make you watch it. <laughs> Force <laughs> you to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, and I only have this message to convey to our listeners. These are refugees from the 60s, commonly known as hippies. You ungodly warlock. Motion picture massacre. Fuck you. We talk about exploitation movies, grindhouse movies, fucking cult movies, horror movies, okay? We don't talk about fucking romantic comedies over here. We're not talking about fucking Sandra Bullock or some shit. We're talking about good movies, the kind that people like to watch. Yes! You ungodly warlock. Will they ever stop driving me? 
Dirty Mary, crazy. What? I feel like that was intentional. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, I. I literally had this set up way beforehand. There was no. There was no Sandra Bullock. I. I cannot get my soundboard put up that quickly to get Sandra Bullock on there just to mock you. You didn't. Right? You didn't have that one in the chamber just waiting for her to mention Sandra Bullock. In this. No. As much as You're I like, love to have been I'm able. If, if I had done that, I would have taken credit for it. So. Uh, I think I think you know me better than that, Lee. Come on now. Um, but yeah, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, 1974. We have a trailer. I'm going to play that now. This is just a shorter TV spot, not the, like the 18-minute trailer that is wildly available. Peter Fonda and Susan George are Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. Anytime you want out, you just holler. <laughs> Hold on, baby. Hold on, I think someone's knocking on the door. Crazy Larry. He wants to play. Peter Fonda and Susan George are Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. There is nothing they won't try. Rated PG. It sounds uh, very sexual. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Um, typical of the seventies. We're we're gonna do a trailer that doesn't necessarily capture the actual mood of the of the film. You know, <laughs> yeah. 
this is but this is this is super fun and and comedy driven yeah yeah i don't think i've ever heard that song before that's the that fucking pisses me off i was about to bring that up i'm glad you mentioned it uh robbie um i looked for that everywhere and it's like no that was just made for the trailer never showed up on the official soundtrack if there was one and so I was like, I cannot find it. And like, that was just one of those things that sometimes they do, you know, they, they like get original music for a trailer and then never release it on anything else. It's like, fuck you. One of the things I read about this is that apparently at some point there was a, a more extensive soundtrack for it. And the director didn't like it and, and said that having it, that having the movie basically without music better fit the mood of what he was going for. Wow. Wow. I'm going to have to do more research now because that might be like that might fit into my uh, like, uh, you know, rejected soundtracks um, sort of thing for blood on the tracks. Maybe mm-hmm. there maybe there is one out there. I'll have to dig. But um, but yeah, that I from, from what I know and, and I wanted that like I was looking for that because like I want to put that on, on uh, blood on the tracks. Right. But I, I guess it's just not anywhere. It, it right. doesn't exist. But um so this is directed by uh, John Huff, I guess is actually how you pronounce his name. It, it looks like Hugh or Ho or Hogue or something like that, but apparently it's John Huff, a uh, British director. Um, he did stuff like Twins of Evil for Hammer. Uh, he did the 1972 Treasure Island with Orson Welles as Long John Silver. Um, he did The Legend of Hell House, which uh, will illuminate a connection in the cast here very soon. Uh, then he went on to do stuff like Escape the Witch Mountain, The Incubus, Watcher in the Woods, American Gothic, and he did Howling 4, the original Nightmare. With, you know, totally great, great part of his uh, career. There. <laughs> um, this is that is the re- one? Oh, is that the one with marsupials? Or uh, Howling Three is the marsupials. Ah. So yeah, this is after the marsupials. This is we're going back to the basics here of the original nightmare. Apparently, uh, okay. yeah. Uh, the writers are Leigh Chapman. Uh, she did, uh, or he did. Uh, excuse me, Truck, Truck Turner. Um, he he wrote on the Wild Wild West TV show. Uh, he also wrote for uh, the Chuck Norris The Octagon uh, at some point. Um, we have uh, also Antonio Santine, uh, who did the scripts for The Glass Cage and Viva Knievel, and uh, James H. Nicholson, who is um, mostly an AIP producer, um, but did have a writing credit on this. So I, I think he just kind of like, hey, I'm putting my name on this. I didn't write anything, but I'm going to put my name on this anyway for writing credits. And uh, Richard uh, Yunkis. Uh, this is his, based on his novel, basically, his novel, The Chase. Um, honestly, I think if you look for his novel now, you'll probably find it under Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry and been retitled. Yeah. Um, and starring Peter Fonda is uh, Larry Rader, of course, son of Henry Fonda, uh, brother of Jane Fonda and father to Bridget uh, Fonda. And uh, this is sort of his heyday, right? Like, he, he sort of started out doing like biker movies and uh, counterculture films like The Wild Angels, The Trip, Easy Rider, of course, everyone knows. Uh, the last movie, Race with the Devil with uh, Warren Oates, which is fucking great. Yeah. Um, and then he went on to do stuff like The Cannonball Run. Like, I, th- I don't think he has a big role in Cannonball Run, if I'm 
if I remember correctly, is just kind of like the revolving <laughs> cast of like, hey, everybody's yeah. in this movie, you know. Um, then later on, went to like big critical acclaim with Yuli's Gold. Has a good part in the Limey, which is one of my favorite films of all yeah. time. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. And of course, he also showed up in the uh, Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider film <laughs> as the <laughs> devil of all things. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and we got Susan George as Mary Combs. Uh, she was in stuff like The Sorcerers, uh, Straw Dogs, of course, is probably what she's m- most well known for. Um, the uh, I think I think it's a I think it's a Kerbucci film, Sonny and Jed, the Spaghetti Western, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mandingo, Enter the Ninja. She was in Venom, which is the uh, Black Mamba. Uh, loose in an apartment building, killing people <laughs> film. Um, and the host for Evil Dwells uh, are stuff she's known for. And of course, we have the amazing Adam Rourke as Deke Summers here. Also, big uh, biker movie pedigree. Uh, Hell's Angels on Wheels, Psych Out, Hell's Bells, The Losers. Uh, showed up in the ecological horror film, The F- uh, Frogs. Yes. Where, yeah. Where, <laughs> with that movie. That's 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 quite the thing. Uh, I love that movie. I love mm-hmm. Ray Milan, and that that just love that movie. Ray Milan, and you got um, uh, Jesus, I'm blanking. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott without the mustache. Yeah, a young is, Sam Elliott. Yeah, uh, went on to do stuff like Slaughter's Big Ripoff, uh, the Stuntman, of course, and the Beach Girls of all things. He showed up in. Uh, his career was cut short. He died of cancer in like like age fifty two or something like that, like very young. Um, Vic Morrow as Captain Everett Franklin. And of course, everyone knows him from stuff like, uh, and we covered him actually in uh, Posse from Hell uh, in 1990, the Bronx Warriors, but he's, he started out in stuff like King Creel, of course, long run in combat, the uh, TV series, which is the longest running World War II uh, television show. Um Showed up in stuff like Roots, The Bad News Bears, Humanoids from the Deep. And, of course, uh, he died on set in Twilight Zone, the movie, which was his, uh, his last yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, fuck you, John Landis. Um, <laughs> He's also Jennifer Jason Lee's dad. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from what I understand, Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Lee managed to uh, sue John Landis and get a note of court settlement uh, for, for his death. Uh, yeah. yeah so, so good for her. Kenneth Toby is Sheriff Carl Donahue. Uh, he's in s- stuff that we covered, like the Beast from Twenty Thousands Phantoms. Um, he was in Thing from the Un- Another World. It came from Beneath the Sea. And uh, Joe Dante used this guy quite a bit. Uh, used him in stuff like The Howling and Gremlins, Gremlins Two, and Inner Space. So uh, he showed up in all kinds of stuff. Uh, Lynn Borden is Evelyn Stanton. Uh, she was in things like The Wrecking Crew. Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice, which is something we've covered on the show. She was also in Frogs um, and Walking Tall and Black Mama, Black Mama, White Mama. Um, so there you go. And uh, I'll also mention, of course, we got um, Roddy McDowell in a yeah. uncredited role at the beginning of this film. And of course, if you don't know him, I, I don't know if you've watched movies before. Uh, started out stuff like Cleopatra went on to be in the Planet of the Apes films, you know, Escape, Conquest Battle, and uh, the TV series as well, Um, the short-lived like 13-episode TV series that they had in the 70s Uh, stuff like Pretty Maids all in a row, The Poseidon Adventure 
And uh, his connection here with the director, Legend of Hell House, he was in that. So was, I think he just kind of did this as a favor. It's like, hey, what yeah. are you doing, Roddy? Come on over here. Um, he's also in the uh, fun a movie I, I quite like. It's, it's a fun little uh, comedy farce, like horror caper thing, Arnold. Have you ever seen that, Robbie? It, it, it's basically like this guy dies and all of his family come to the to the house to get the will read. And then basically he set up all these elaborate traps to kill them all and, and, and shit. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, they went on to do stuff like circle of iron and of course, fright night and fright night part two. Uh, so there we go. And I also want to mention Robert Hirschfeld. He's just a bit part in this. Uh, he's just one of the uh, guys that's at like the swap meet or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, who talks to the sheriff or whatever for a second. Uh-huh. But but we've covered him before because he was the perverted janitor in the cheerleaders. <laughs> it's like I recognize his face tonight when I was rewatching. I was like, oh, shit, that's the dude. That's got to be the dude from the cheerleaders. And then I double checked. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to point that out. But uh, yeah, there we go. Um, we have a synopsis here from IMDb. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, Lee, can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, talk, talking about the cast, um, you know, b- because of the nature of this movie, uh, I went through the IMDb looking at who did the stunts, mm-hmm. and uh, Ted White and D- uh, Dick Warlock were stuntmen on this, so it has Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. Right. That's, <laughs> that's that's good. I, I totally blanked on that, <laughs> and I did I did read that both of them were, and it didn't fucking occur to me either. That's so that's good. Thank you. So I have a synopsis here from IMDb from someone called Steve W. Down under luck racers, Larry and Deke steal from a su- supermarket manager to buy a car that will help them advance their racing uh, chances. Their escape does not go as planned when Larry's one night stand, Mary, tags along for the ride. Mary invites herself along on the chase from the police that ensues. We'll get into this here. So, like, when was the first time you watched this, Robbie? And what are your sort of general thoughts on it? Well, uh, so like I said, these movies, these nihilistic uh, car chase movies from the early 70s, are when I said they're my mother's milk, they are. I grew up watching this, Tulane Blacktop, Race with the Devil, uh, Vanishing Point, some of my earliest, earliest memories. My dad was a car guy, and mm-hmm. these were the movies he watched. And so if I was hanging out with him, this was <laughs> – I, re- I can't remember when I did not know about this movie. Nice. Uh, you know, and so it was fun to rewatch it because it's been many years since I've seen it. Uh, but this is one that that I know, you know, I, I've always known about uh, and enjoyed. Cool. And and and, and I'm my car guy, so uh, <laughs> I and so uh, I used to, you know, I've, I've had several cars, but I've actually had a '68 uh, Dodge Charger, the uh, the Dayglow car, that the the hero car at the end. So nice. Nice. I, it, mine wasn't day glow green or fast, but I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they they start out with like a souped up Chevy something, right? And yeah, an Impala. Yeah, then they moved up to like a souped up Charger of some sort, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lady Lee. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought Larry was an asshole, like yeah. an insufferable yeah. asshole that just kind of pissed me off pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Mary was just really annoying and pathetic. Like it was just, there was occasional times where she was clever, but other times I'm like, Oh my God, like, just stop. Just please stop. 
<laughs> so I couldn't get past them. So like the chase scenes were impressive, but I I just could not get into the movie. Like she was driving me up the goddamn wall. Really? Is that bad? Yeah. yeah, her and Larry, I just was not into whatsoever. Felt like a very seventies thing. Of the 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 characters were not likable. Mm-hmm. They they were presented, but they weren't. You know, there was nothing really for you to empathize with that much. With these characters, they're just kind of presented like, as who they are. I was just hoping the mechanic would just run away with all the money and live on his own. Because he's, he's the a, one. he's the sympathetic one, right? Like Deke is the sympathetic one to like 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 Larry and Deke are both kind of they're both kind of criminals and kind of like shady but Deke at least has a bit more of a moral standard than Larry does right and he almost has an arc mhm yeah cuz like he he's got early on when they do the, the the sort of kidnapping thing he you know is concerned about the guy, the 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 woman and her daughter that he's like you know looking over as as they do the sort of blackmail or whatever and He's, you know, he's concerned, you know, because he's got tape over their mouths and he doesn't want them to, like, suffer or anything like that. And then, like, later on, yes, he has an arc where he he grows to actually like Mary and respect her more than Larry ever did. Right. Yeah. Um, And and it starts out, he's actually the one who's doing the more reprehensible things mm -hmm. because he's the one who's breaking into the house and... And um, you know, uh, intimidating the woman and her child, and mm-hmm. and so, and you know, Larry's just going to see the store manager. And yeah, so he, you know, he he actually has the more reprehensible actions in the beginning. Yeah, like I, he's he's doing the dirty work for Larry, really. And like Larry's just kind of like he's presented as this kind of lothario kind of dude who like just swaggers into whatever situation and kind of expects things to happen for him and i mean you know peter fonda perfectly cast for this kind of thing because like at that point he's like peak you know he's like brad pitt at this point kind of thing right you know he's a walking smirk in the yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but but uh, I, I like that there's like sort of hidden depth beneath the characters. Like you get hints of it here and there through the film. So it hints at Deeks. He's got an alcohol problem. Like he, he like he's clearly an alcoholic. Right. At, or at the very at the very least, when he drinks, he goes bad. He yeah. you know he, he goes under control, and it feels like there's there's an underlying like Larry's been shaming him with that kind of thing, and like using that as a kind of way to get him to do things for him. You know, like, remember that time you got drunk and fucked up the race for us? You owe me, you know, kind of thing. So, like, I feel like that's kind of an undercurrent throughout the entire film. Yeah, there's there's some more depth to his character and and issues was where Larry seems to be a little more surface and uh, Mm -hmm. he's just kind of smirking his way through life <laughs> he's a dickhead <laughs> he yes. is yeah yeah he no, is. He, yeah no he's a he's 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 a he's a fucking piece of shit he he treats mary like shit and then and like mary doesn't you know necessarily help her situation all that much because she's just a very young girl she's not super bright in this film you know like she she's obviously a bit of a thrill seeker and like later on you kind of learn kind of why the way she is because 
at that swap meet scene, um, she gets accosted by like three or four dudes from town who know her. Right. And you get the sense that, Oh, she was, you know, kind of passed around or something like that, you know? And like, she's trying to escape that she's desperate to like get out of town and get away from this like small town, rural California life that she's been living. Yeah. This is exciting and it's different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I like this film a lot. Uh, I'll, I'll briefly like, you know, yeah. Mary and Larry, the, the title characters in this are not like the essential attraction. Uh, like Robbie saying very much presented in that 1970s, very stark here. Here's what we are. We're, we're not good people. Uh, you know, but you're still going to follow us in this film. And, and this is our story kind of thing. But I really enjoyed watching these people go like it's kind of a Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing at the same. You know, yes, um, not not as violent and murderous as Bonnie and Clyde, but it's kind of the same idea. And especially towards the end, the, the it becomes pretty thrilling. Just the quality of the stunt work and mm-hmm. and the cinematography is really is really something in this movie. The the stunts at the time were the the car stunts were just uh, just really kind of pushing the limits. You can see that they were going as close to the edge as they can. Yeah, and, and like I, I was surprised to read like no one got hurt on this, uh, right? Which is crazy because some of the stuff they're doing is like everything you see on camera is happening. Like there, there's several collisions in this film. They and the they are as as shot basically. Yeah. Um. Uh. And also Peter Fonda and Susan George, outside of the actual like dangerous stunts, they're doing all the high speed driving too. Right. Yeah. There's there's one scene where the charger's going down the road and the helicopter's chasing them mm-hmm. and the ski, you know, you the helicopter pulls up beside them and they're you know, they're you can tell they're going quite fast down the road and the helicopter, you can see it fly up next to the car and it is just a few feet outside the window. Mm-hmm. And that is so incredibly, and there's no way to fake it. And that's so incredibly dangerous. It's, yeah. And, and it's not, and it's not one of those things too. Like it was, it was common in this era too. Sometimes they would speed up the footage a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, for, for these things under crank it. Yeah, they undercrank it. They're not doing that here. Like they're they are when you see that charger going at that like insane speed down the road, it's going at that insane speed down the road. It's not the the amount of movie magic, I guess, is yeah. is very minimal in this film. There's, I would have been fine without the storyline. They could have just removed the storyline and just watch, let me watch the trick the the scenes, the car chase scenes. And I've been happy with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I knew I knew at the very like I knew at the very least when I suggested you know uh, I, I gave Robbie a, a list of movies to, to to choose from and it's like oh this 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 is a good choice you know he's like do this and I was like oh yeah we can we can do this and then, and I knew that at the very least the car chases would keep you interested so <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing I can be interested everything else was like. I just wasn't feeling the movie. You're 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 just you're just skeeved out about Larry and Mary, right? Because I, okay, I guess there was some decent acting, but I found them because they were supposed to be the lead. I found them quite annoying. Like in the movie, I didn't find either of them 
like they didn't really have good chemistry and they weren't very good either acting wise like it felt very forced so hmm. yeah you were you were saying this is to me like uh in in private message that like susan george you weren't really enjoying her performance all that much Mm-mm. i found all our reactions very repetitive nothing was um nothing looked very genuine everything looked very like uh act sad now act scared now <laughs> um so nothing felt natural nothing felt like kind of i don't know it just felt very forced it just felt like this is what you're supposed to do now this is what you're supposed to do now mm-hmm. and it was all the same reactions too it was just like high squeaky annoying voice of these weird faces i don't know i just didn't i didn't care for uh larry or mary like i thought both of them were just very meh i can <clears throat> I, I can see that i mean yeah. Susan George is kind of, I wouldn't say it's her best performance. Like I, I enjoy her in this, but like at the same time, it is kind of one note for the most part. Like it, I like and Deke. it's it, and it's kind of big. Yeah. Deke did a good job. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed the the sheriff as well. I thought he was fun to watch. Yeah, Vic Mora uh, was. Vic, Vic, like uh, I was telling you. Uh, in, in the private message, uh, Lee, how Vic Morrow is actually more kind of sympathetic in this film, really. Like, he's the more interesting character. Like, he's kind of the guy you end up following more than anything else in this film. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of unusual for the time in these sorts of movies to have the mm-hmm. the law enforcement officer be the... Not, right. the, not the hero, but yeah, at least more sympathetic. Usually it's it's a counterculture thing, right? It, it's the young... They may or may not be hippies. They might be bikers, whatever. They're, they're rebels. They're outside of normal society kind of thing. Going, butting heads with the man, quote unquote. Right. But Vic Morrow, the way he's presented in this, he's not necessarily the man because he's a cop who refuses to wear a badge and carry a gun. And get a haircut. Mm-hmm, and get yeah. a haircut. Yeah, so so he's a little he's a little bit of a bit of a maverick, right? Um, he he's a guy who doesn't like police politics. He doesn't like the bullshit in the department. Like he's butting heads with a superior who's like trying to pull you know politicize big cases to like get more cars and equipment and shit. And, and for a law enforcement officer at the time, he's not presented. He's presented as outsmarting them, not trying to be violent right Mm -hmm. yeah because the whole cat and mouse between them is him picking up on the fact that they have like a two-way radio where they're they're you know they're picking they're picking up the police chatter so that's how they're keeping ahead of the cops so vic morrow's like i'm gonna use that to catch them basically i'm gonna try to bait them into like first admitting that they have a goddamn two-way thing and then i'm gonna like try to confuse them and make them think that cops are at these places when they're right. not kind of thing. Although I, I, w- I will say like, it feels like maybe that's a little bit of a stretch when you look at the reality of the film. Cause it's like w- when they tried, to, when Larry and Mary, they try to turn it, turn the tables on them and go like, Oh, well we'll have Mary pretend to be the police dispatcher. It's like, the police dispatcher is also on that line. She right. can immediately speak up and say, I didn't say that shit. But right. I totally, I don't care. I forgive that because it, it's a fun little conceit in the film. And and Vic Morrow is just like bullheaded motherfucker who's Led like... Led him to the train. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a there's a little bit of a thematic thing there, right? Like it, it like the movie is bookended by the train. It is because you see the train at at the start, and like the entire movie basically leads to the train meeting their car. Like that's the whole kind of thing, right? It's like death is death has shown up, and death is going to catch him at the end, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that you know that 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 the end of it that that crash is very famous uh, b- because it was in the in- opening credits to the TV show The Fall Guy, right? And so you know every every week for however many years The Fall Guy was on that crash was featured. Uh, y- of the cr- yeah, yeah, I, I had that uh, I had that as a note here, and also uh, something called the uh, Prodigal Planet, which I I, I don't know what that is. Um, but it, it was it like they, you know, it was like that good that uh, we're gonna steal it and edit it into our thing. So yeah, but um, also like how there's also another part in this film where they kind of hint towards that's gonna happen. It's in the uh, Walnut Grove or whatever, where they hit that uh, farmer's truck mm-hmm. uh, at the crossroads or whatever, and so it's like it's just kind of like a little bit of foreshadowing to what's going to end up end up you know end up killing them at the end because they're they're getting distracted they're they're not paying attention to what they're doing and they're they're running into other people and it's also kind of thematically that even though this movie's following you know them around they're really bad at what they do Mm-hmm. Because every like in this complicated scheme they have, every step of it fails. Their <laughs> their plan to get more time to escape by using a tape didn't work. Their plan to switch to a less recognizable or to a new car didn't work because as soon as they switch the other car, they do it in front of the cops and. You know, and, and they pick a day glow green car. That's <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. And that so was like, Larry's fault. So at each that was all Layla's fault. Yeah. At each stage, what they do, they're not good at it. You yeah, know, like it, it, it is all Larry's fault. You're right, Lee, because it, it, like you know, these are all Larry's decisions. Like he, he's the guy. Is like, I've got the plan, man. Yeah. But it starts with Larry banging Mary. That's the first mm-hmm. mistake he makes. And then when she has the keys, he kind of like lets her come along, and that's his fault. And then every single time, uh, anything that had to do with the cops, he kept baiting the cops. So mm-hmm. he was the one who was causing the cops to be on their tail the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he was causing a lot of situations. Like he abandoned Mary at the gas station, which guess what? He had to turn around and go back again. And yeah, I blame him. I just, yeah. <laughs> he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he, like, like Larry's got, you get the sense he's got a chip on his shoulder, right? Cause like, he's not living up to what he's supposed to be in his mind. Like as like the successful race driver, you know, like winning, winning races and making money and shit. He, he is this guy on the outskirts of the, like the NASCAR circuit. Like he's not even yeah. close to the NASCAR circuit yeah. really. Like he's, he, he he's doing, turns. yeah. Like he's, yeah, he, he's doing regional shit, right? Like he's, he's doing these little, penny any races and like we we learned that deke has kind of like drank he says himself he drank himself out of the game basically like he his drinking cost him jobs and shit so and i and i think you know you it's one of those things that kind of thematically appears in the movie about he's not as good at it as he thinks he is right 
And because one of the things that infuriates him is that Vic Morrow calls him a roundy rounder. It's like, yeah, you just race on these little tracks. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not the big time race car driver you think you are, and and that that just infuriates him. Yeah, he's 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 definitely got an inferiority complex when it comes to like how hot shit he actually is, and, he, and he's you know he's he's just a kind of a pretty boy who's gotten along on his looks alone for quite a while and now it's kind of like crashing down on him a little bit right yeah i think that's fair i will say it's interesting like the the start of the film is like super serious it it feels like it could have like gone into like 1970s italian crime film territory yeah right where we're like deacons up killing the wife and child right well, he did have the black gloves on, so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was disappointed that Mary just threw his keys and didn't steal the car with the money because I'm like that would have been a really cool story. Yeah, like that's that's why they should have called it. Where they have to? Where, where they have to? Where they have to chase her for half the movie? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why they should have called it that movie because, like, I don't, I, I don't know the way they called the movie and our two protagonists were. I don't know. I don't know. It is kind of weird, right? Like they, that they call it that. And you like, yet Deke is really the kind of more interesting character of the three. And I'm uh, disappointed. You can't see my name, by the way, because I came up with a clever name this time. Oh, what happened to it? I don't know. You're the one who turned it off. Wait a whole second here. Did I, did I fuck something up? Yeah. Did I? I don't see the names. I see you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's not showing the name. Oh, well, I, I see it down. Damsel who causes distress. Okay, there we see it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know why it's showing. I think something happened in StreamYard. So, I don't know. I, uh, I just thought it was really funny because she was the the girl who basically, like, <laughs> she started, she caused a lot of shit to happen. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, and like she, she spends a bit of the front of the film, like trying to, you know, get Larry back, basically, kind of thing. And then, like, they have this like love hate kind of thing, push and pull, for like the first half of the film until she like gets fed up with them, and then she starts, you know, connecting with Deke a lot more, and Deke starts warming up to her, and then like it, it feels like you know if if they had actually gotten out of this alive, Deke and her might have ended up hooking up at the end because they, they do that thing where they're both in the back seat and it's, right. you know, yeah. And, He's and like, you know, you come sit in the front seat. Yeah. And Mary's like, no, nah, I think I'll stay here. It's cool. Fuck you. And then they <laughs> <run into it. laughs> yeah. And then they run into a fucking train. It's just, just, I honestly, one of my favorite 1970s movie endings. Like I laughed pretty hard. It is I iconic. Mm hmm. Like, I felt uh, bad to Deke, and I didn't care for the other two. I mean, you know, the 1970s is known for downer endings, but that's like one of the top five for me. I think like it's it's up there. Like, and then like very just good for like a fast paced chase film like this. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that that ending is like you know, oh, they're gonna make it, they get away, and then. It, the door slammed in your face. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, I, I don't even necessarily think they'd get away either. Like, so where, where are you going? Are you, are you getting out of California? Is that the thing? Like, I felt like you were driving in circles. Right. 
Because with Vic Morrow, the way he's making them do twists and turns in that like Walnut Grove area, it feels like they didn't get anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they're uh, turning like left and right, then left and right, they're they're not getting too far. (laughs) Yeah. Although I I do like before that the movie goes very claustrophobic with that Walnut Grove uh, part. But before that, it's like all in the open. It's got that like desolate, flat, dry grass. Um, you get that early on, like, you know, call out, call the ranger station and, and see if they can see anything. And like, he can see way off in the distance, that fucking blue Chevy going on the highway and shit. I like, like it's a nice, nice little counterpoint. Like it gets a little bit more intimate at the end of the film, uh, where they got to do twists and turns everywhere in that sort of like enclosed area. They got that maverick cop who's like, I'm going to catch him in my souped up fucking crown Vic or whatever the fuck they're driving. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he's determined to catch him, and then he hits the fucking telephone pole. Yeah. And, that, you know, the, there were a lot of stunts like that, like when they wrecked the car. But there were several stunts in there that one of the things that made the movie enjoyable for me were just you could see how close the stunt drivers were getting to the edge and almost mm-hmm. wrecking. And it, it was it was pretty thrilling. And, you know, just there is a lot of danger on screen. And that's, a, at least for me, that's a lot of what made the movie f- interesting yeah like you like everything from from the helicopter thing to the uh like early on where they mm. that helicopter stunt was like incredibly impressive that was that was beyond like that blew my mind yeah because you're watching Mm -hmm. that and that's just one it's not a common one to see because like when you see your car stunts uh a lot of these are rather common not saying they're bad just they're more common right right but a uh, helicopter a helicopter in a car like how and, hilarious yeah that like that and was amazing it, he's like crash the fucking helicopter <laughs> yeah because he's running out of fuel at the whole time yeah right? he's like, like, he, like just he, crash he, it screw it just crash it he, he tells <laughs> Vic, he, he tells Vic more early on it's like i don't have any fuel like i i got 45 minutes left of fuel dude so like what are we gonna do and it's like i don't care but you didn't fuel up before you got here it's like they told me to get here they told me to follow the rules and like that's a that's the thing with vic Morrow is like he's not too big on like following orders it's kind of so. dumb though they're like oh, okay let's go for a search and not fuel up like all i have is 45 minutes left of gas and let's not fuel up before i don't know if this is a coincidence or if this is good filmmaking but i happened to pause the movie about halfway through right at the point where he uh he gets in the helicopter and he says i only have 45 minutes of fuel left and there was 45 minutes of movie left <laughs> i no um i was actually gonna bring that up like yes. it kind of does run on that clock right like yeah yeah and of course, also there's the thing where uh, famously Vic Morrow got insurance, uh, life insurance, basically for the for the helicopter ride in this film, and then of course later on in the Twilight Zone, the movie died from the helicopter thing. Like that's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone. I can't watch this movie at knowing what happened to Vic Morrow and watch that scene and not have some unease. Mm-hmm. Just. You know that he was killed in a helicopter crash, and he's in that helicopter you know, in that those stunts for that movie. It's just yeah, it's it's just fucking brutal. Especially like this. This is one of those movies that just like reminds me how much I love Vic Morrow as an actor, and like how much I kind of miss that he didn't do more. 
Right. And, you know, and he's he's kind of like one of the inspirations for Rick Dalton in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too. Like, he's kind of one of those guys where it's like yeah. he's like Rick Dalton. He he did a bunch of TV that was really popular and he started getting in the movies and he started doing B movies. And like, he's kind of what maybe Rick Dalton would have become by, right. by, by the 80s, you know, kind of thing, you know. Like, I think even Quentin Tarantino kind of like he would people asked him, where would Rick Dalton have gone? Oh, he would have, you know, he would have gone on from Polanski and like did a bunch of like B movies, although he would have survived and retired. He wouldn't have had his like self crushed by a helicopter. Thanks to John Landis. You know, he would have ended up making TJ Hooker or something eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you about that, but there was not like there's a two child actors in there, too. I mean, Yes. <laughs> You're gonna shame me more and ask yeah. me what their names were because I don't know that either. <laughs> You're just so upset about that one thing. He was sixty. I, he lived a good life. He was not sixty. He was he was fifty two when he died. I thought he was sixty. No, he wasn't sixty. No, he wasn't sixty. He was like fifty two. Oh. oh yes, you are right. That's right. Nineteen twenty nine that he was born. He was born on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, for for me, like uh, I'm, I'm in agreement with with, with Lee. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Peter Fonda and Susan George, Susan George in this, as far as characters go. Like, right. I'm, I'm, I don't follow them. Like, I, I like Deke. I'm, I, I agree. Also, I kind of hope. I kind of wish that like Deke had like, fuck you, I'm out of here, and he right. just like bails halfway through and just leaves because that would been cool. Um, but I'm much more like just following Vic Morrow and. It makes it weird for me too because I'm I'm not a pro cop dude necessarily, right. <laughs> but I like Vic Morrow in this. I like that he's he's kind of anti authority and he's he's anti bullshit and he, he's you know he's also the obsessive cop like yeah. the like this this thing is like the biggest thing that ever happened to his career. It's like if I catch these guys, you know, I've made a name for myself, kind of thing. But uh, yeah. No, I, I love it. I, I I love this film. I think it's yeah. great. It's it's you know it's 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 not it doesn't have necessarily likable protagonists, but that's the 1970s. So what are you going to do? Right. Mm. Yeah. Likable protagonists in 1970s movies. Well, and you know there were there was a whole genre of this with like Vanishing Point and Two Lane mm-hmm. Blacktop, where of unlikable characters, and it's very nihilistic presentation of of you know of car culture and mm-hmm. uh there, there was a whole series of these that were pretty similar thematically yeah yeah, yeah. uh do we have any sort of like final thoughts on this one or no <laughs> no <laughs> nothing else we want to bring up <laughs> i just i like i said if you check out all the acting bits i'd be fine with it so you just want a stunt reel of the car chases? Yeah, that's all I need. Because unfortunately, I found the storyline there was like there was a few saving graces. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, like the the whole Larry and Mary story was just stupid. I just didn't like it. I really hated Larry. Like really <laughs> hated Larry. There was nothing about it. When I saw it, I was like, I don't even care. You should just die. Like I, don't <laughs> die. I mean, you know, credit to Peter Fonda. He's very unlikable in this, and like he he knowingly went into this. Like because of his character, I just don't like his acting because I found it very really? like yeah. I just no. wasn't a fan of it. 
I'm gonna have like to I dig said, up more just, Peter. I'm gonna have to dig up more Peter Fonda movies to show. I just you. Yeah. wasn't a fan of either of them. I thought, like I said, I thought their chemistry was just meh. Like there just was nothing there. Like I, I, it just wasn't my thing. I'm gonna have to show you Straw Dogs and see what yeah. you think of that. I, you know, I think that may be why I like part of what I like about the Limey so much is that Peter Fonda. It feels like he's playing an older version of the guy who got to make all these movies and smurf yeah. his way through them. And, you know, this is how his life has turned out that, you know, and I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he then he he breaks his ankle on the rocks and whimpers as Terrence Stamp like points a gun at him. Yeah. Yeah. Like these are not movies that I watch too often. So you have to remember that. So if this is like the kind of stuff you watch, you might enjoy it. Well, no, it's it's fine. That's fine. Uh, didn't expect you to have like a big familiarity with the genre and you know the the sort of tone from this genre from from that time. I I totally appreciate the fact that you didn't en- enjoy this as much. Yeah. It's it's totally fine. Totally valid criticism. So yeah, it was just it was just the yeah like I said it was just the storyline. It just yeah. No, I, 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 I get, I get yeah. it. Like, mind. like the stunts were. I, anytime I see any kind of these types of movies, like I always enjoy them for the stunts because they're incredibly, like, ridiculously brilliant. Just because, again, like these are the stunts that are done by stunt people. Like this is not something that's CGI. This is not something with like safety anything. This mm-hmm. is just straight up like, here we go, guys, get in this car. Be as dangerous as freaking possible. We're gonna record it, and if you die, well, guess what? You'll make it to the real. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like yeah. it's just—it's just insane. And like the—it was mentioned earlier, but uh, how you guys mentioned that there was like no serious injuries in this is just—it also blows my mind. Because yeah, the stunts were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we got a budget here, 1.14 million, and this went on to do a box office of, of box office of 28.4 million. So it did very, very well uh, on the drive-in circuit. Is just like you know, hey, chase movie programmer for drive-in movies, right? Fucking killed it. You can find this basically everywhere. There's like two Blu-rays out there, DVD releases. Um, one of them is a double feature with Race with the Devil, highly recommended, though, which is a great movie. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Microsoft Store, Amazon Prime, Vudu, and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. I, did, I, did I cut you off with anything there, Robbie, you were going to say? Or? No, 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 not at all. Not, no. All right. Although, <laughs> a little piece of trivia that um, the uh, with the, the Blue, Blu-ray release... Uh, mm-hmm. It's the first time the movie's been shown where the car was the right color. Oh, that th- it's a day glow greeny yellow, and when it was uh, shown like on television during uh, when it would be you know like during the seventies eighties when it would appear on TV, the color correction uh, was corrected to yellow. And so no. the car, the car is actually green, but it's only in the last few years uh, that you've been able to see it in the actual in the actual color. Uh, mm, that oh, that's pretty cool. Supposed nice. to be. Right on. Yeah. yeah. All right. I I guess that's it for uh, Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. Robbie, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. No, it was great. So I, I think you were telling me offline you don't actually have any sort of like upcoming uh, podcast appearances anywhere that we can nothing. Check out. 
Nothing scheduled right now. I'm on. The, I think I'm on the most recent episode of the Mustachioed Podcast. You know, mm-hmm. covering covering Charlie Varick, but that's uh, the only thing I've done in, in some time. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, search them out. If you know, if you listen to the Grind Bin, you listen to Podcastio Bloody Bits, and you haven't heard the episodes he's on, just you know, do a little search mm-hmm. into their back catalog and, and check him out. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, thank you, Robbie. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on, and we'll have you on again. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Lady Lee, anything you want to plug uh, before we get out of here? So I will be updating my Instagram again. <laughs> okay. Absolutely terrible. I know you sent me some pictures, and I just have not gotten around to doing it. You just sent it at like the literally the worst time in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yes, everything will be back on. So at Mighty Tiny All Star on Instagram, I will now be updating, posting all the stuff that comes onto the podcast. There you go. And uh, of course, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Best place to uh, find all of our episodes. And if you want to go to the Must Be Destroyed on Site pod, uh, Facebook group, uh, best way to get in touch with us and, you know, find out what's coming up on the show, talk to us, give us suggestions for movies to do, uh, all that cool stuff. Um, yeah. And not sure what we're doing next. We might go back to, because I think it's your turn, Lee. And you gave some film suggestions last time from like cast list kind of thingy that we're doing. Uh, and I think I found something, but I can't remember what it was. I have to go back and check. There's, but, I know there was one on YouTube, but that was like one of the newer ones. But I'm going mm-hmm. to look for the older ones. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. You know, go join the Facebook group. You'll figure out what the fuck it is because we'll tell you. But uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, until then, uh, again, thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Lee. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm a roller, honey.
But it don't look like you gonna live. Goodbye. I got to put you down. I'll see you someday. Baby, somewhere hanging around. been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.